baseball fans, it is time once again for the Running the Bases podcast. Coming at you from Atlanta, Georgia, home of the first place Atlanta Braves. I am Tucker Wells, joined as always by Coach Jordan Bounds. Coach, how is it going? Good, sir. Pretty good, pretty good. You just said it all. We're in first place. First place. And in late June. Yeah, yeah. Who would have thought? Certainly. Yeah, sweltering in the heat of summer, but man, the Braves are... uh, Making it enjoyable. There's fans in the seats, which keeps it cool because, you know, fans, <laughs> seats. <laughs> so uh, on the podcast today, we're just going to talk baseball. No real format to things. We're going to talk about baseball as it stands here uh, right before the All-Star break, uh, right before the heart of the the trade deadline season. Um, so out of the box, uh, let's just go division by division looking at the standings and the teams right now as of June 25th um, and start in the National League East. Start with the surprise of the Atlanta Braves. Well, uh, the Atlanta Braves are, they're in it right now. I mean, uh, Alex Anthropolis said at the beginning of the year that sometimes your players tell you where you are in your development more than anybody else. And the Braves have said, you know, we're ready to play now. Uh, the same thing's true with the Phillies. Uh, the Nationals on the other side seemed, I mean, they've certainly had more than their share of in- injuries, but uh, so have the Mets. Uh, but the Nationals, who the names on the back of the jerseys indicate that they should be playing a lot better and winning a lot more games than they are. And uh, they're they're a mess right now. Right, yeah. Almost as incredible as how well the Braves are doing is how poorly the Nationals are doing. Um, with the Nats' woes, what what becomes of this team next year? I mean, well, before that, how does this play out? Are the Nats going to turn it around? Do you think that ultimately they will figure it out and win the I division? I can't help but believe that they will. Yeah, and they uh, have proven, you know. I mean, uh, it's uh, they may not, though. I mean, the way things are playing right now at the end of June, it doesn't look good for them. But it hasn't looked good for a lot of t- It didn't look real good for the Cubs last year at the end of June. Right, fair. The, would the Nationals, should they blow it up after this season if they fall? Well, they may not. Uh, I, no, well, you know, the Soto kid, you know, is 19, is, you know, uh, the next coming of Roberto Clemente. Uh, and they supposedly have somebody else who's just as good or was like ranked higher in their farm system than him. Uh, that's not blowing it up. They're going to have, I mean, when you have Max Scherzer and I mean, when you have the, the top of their rotation, uh, you don't blow it up. Uh, and they've got enough really good ball players. I, Daniel Murphy's going to have to go to the American League. It looks like he's never going to have any kind of range again. Uh, but admired uh, in a very poor hitting season yeah, well, up to yeah, this because point because he's been injured. I mean, I, I'll give him that. Uh, they need to Fair. keep Adam Eaton on the field. Uh, I think Trey Turner is still one of the coming stars, you know, in the uh, in major leagues. You know, they've got and with that pitching staff, uh, the uh, Rendon is one of the, the big secrets in baseball. You know, I, I, the Nationals have just a lot of talent. Right um, now. Uh, are they going to blow? I don't think that they're going to blow it up. Uh, will they be making significant changes? I think so. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I think the the Nationals also may, you know, they're, I don't know what team, they're becoming like the Yankees of the 70s and firing a manager every year. But I don't approve of what, I mean, their efforts to get Harper to, get going he's not like Mike Trout you don't have to you're not trying to see him up to bat as many times as possible what he is is somebody you want to drive in runs you want him down in the lineup driving in runs by putting him first or second trying to get him going that's messed up their whole uh very bizarre uh and it's not doing anything this is uh in an effort to get one player going, it's messing up the whole chemistry of their lineup, the way things turn over. Uh, this does not look good for Dave Martinez, you know, right now. Yeah, the 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 thing about the Nationals is that they they seemingly never have chemistry. They seem to always be like a mercenary group almost. I mean, Max Scherzer, 
he's going to be a Cy Young candidate if he's pitching on the Marlins right now. Right. And it, but that being said, do they have any interest in re-signing Harper? Doesn't look like it. Yeah. What's he hitting right now? 204. 204. <laughs> and it's the end of June. <laughs> Is Harper on the All-Star team? Uh, right now, he's one of the starters. <laughs> I don't think so. He's not. I think, he, the, I think the outfield. Down? Yeah, I think the outfield spots are, uh, I think two of them are Atlanta Braves. Uh, and the third one is uh, Matt Two of the Kemp. outfield spots? No, Matt Kemp, Marcakis. Uh, yeah. And, and uh, who was. If only I had some technology that would allow me to look this up. <laughs> the. Um, I mean, last I knew it was Harper uh, was there, but. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Well, you know who's the overall leading vote getter? It's Freddie Freeman. Oh, absolutely. Um, On the end nationally. Yeah. He's and, Altuve's the overall leader. Right, right. Um, and I don't want to waste more time talking about a, a, a Nationals team in, in, uh, in disarray. Um, and in fact, I won't. Let's talk about the Braves in Happy Yay, uh, the most exciting team in baseball. They are. They're so much fun to watch. They have uh, the way they take extra bases, uh, score from first, uh, you know, uh, and watching Ozzy throw his helmet off every time he has to go more than one base. Uh, they're, they're a lot of fun to watch. They play good defense. Uh, they're being more innovative uh, for the first time. Uh, in a long time, uh, I they're just uh, they don't strike out. They put the ball in play, uh, drive the ball the other way. Uh, it's they're a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, and nationally, and the young pitching is starting to look decent. Yeah, yeah, we had the uh, Fultonavich complete game, right? right, right. And, yeah, Newcombs look good. Soroka's uh, on the DL, but um, he had a couple good starts in there. Um, they are nationally regarded as the most exciting team in baseball. And coming on the heels of this uh, Bob Nightingale article in the USA Today about how baseball has such a problem with uh, the pace of the games, uh, how refreshing that they are uh, seemingly anti-sabermetrics. All right. Or just in the way they play. How much credit do you give to Brian Snitker for this? More than I thought I would be giving him at the beginning of the year. I uh, I'd still... I can't take anything away from him. Uh, there has been no hint of dissension in the club. We don't hear any uh, bad of any bad vibes. Not that you've ever really heard this sort of stuff in Atlanta. Uh, but the clubhouse seems to be moving well, and there's been a lot of innovation. I don't know how much of this is coming from Snitker or how much of it is coming from Anthropolis or how much... Uh, Weiss may be whispering into Snitker's ear. You know, I, sure. I don't, I don't know where this is coming from, but uh, I give Washington a lot of credit. I like what he has done. With, Ron Washington has done with uh, his portion of the club, uh, but that we are trying different lineups and we we have certainly shifted more and used uh, the saber metrics where it's appropriate. And uh, it seems uh, the. You can't deny or can't knock success. Right. What is the ceiling to you for this Braves team for 2018? The ceiling? Not your prediction, but what do you think's the ceiling? Like, what's the what's the highest? High? Winning it all. You, like, what percentage would you give that? Well, well now it's going to sound a lot more negative. Right. Uh, but, exactly. Uh, you know, uh, 8%, you know, something like that, <laughs> you know, uh, I, without thinking it through. Uh, but I would have given them zero last year. Right. I Given how they're playing right now and, and the standings. Given them negative uh, last year. You know. Right. Yeah. They probably were already out of it. At this point. <laughs> um, no, I think a, a reasonable ceiling is that win the division and a division series. I think that's a reasonable. I don't, I, I still think that somehow or another, I'm, I'm, I'm not convinced. I'm not ready to dance on the grave of the nationals or the Phillies. Really? I agree. The Phillies, uh, you know, I, that was such a, the nationals go out and get the closer from the Royals. They did that. So the Phillies couldn't, you know, I right. Mean, uh, and they got them early too. The that's Phillies a, need a bullpen. 
Yeah, yeah. That's some good gamesmanship by the Nationals there. Um, all right, well, uh, let's look around the National League a little bit more. The uh, NL Central, I mean, we kind of predicted this, right? Like, the Brewers are meeting our, our lofty expectations. Yes, uh, I still... In kind of the same way that I figured the Nationals will somehow or another catch the Braves, I've got to believe that the Cubs will somehow or another catch the Brewers. And I like the Brewers. I like the way they're playing. I mean, and uh, but the Cubs are underperforming and are right there. Yeah. I, I don't pay attention to the Cubs as much as I did the last couple of years. Do you pay attention to them? Uh, yeah, I, I still think I do. I, they're like one of those teams you can't help but pay attention to. I mean, they're thrust at you. The media, you know, just like the Yankees and the Red Sox are thrust upon you. Sure. Uh, I think uh, the woes of Chris Bryant, his sore shoulder, I, that has a lot to do with the position they're in. Uh, you know, they're, uh, they've had... Uh, but they've gotten things like Montgomery has pitched great, and they have, uh, you know, they're, they're when Darvish comes back, they're probably one of these teams that's going to go to like six starters uh, <laughs> right. with the depth they have. I mean, uh, so they're right there. They, you know, I'm not ready to say that the Brewers have caught and passed them. Although the Brewers went out and certainly helped themselves by the. Uh, things that they did during the off season and getting Kane and uh, Kane has been uh, better than I thought he would be. Uh, Yelich as well. Uh, yeah. Yelich is what I've they always sure expected. Do, right. They strike out a lot. Those brewers. Yes, they do. They have a, a fairly poor batting average to say the least as a team. Right. But I mean, when you take into account how weak the central is from in the, in the bottom two spot, I mean, right there are the Cardinals. Well, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm never count- counting the Cardinals out until somebody's put a bullet through their head. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's dramatic imagery there, good well, sir. All right, all right. But hey, how about the Reds? Uh, the Reds, the seven-game winning score, yeah. They can score some runs. It's right. about time they make Riggleman the regular uh, <laughs> manager uh, or you know the long-term manager. And how many times will this be that Riggleman's been a manager He's right there with Dusty Baker. Yeah. Uh, the uh, but or the Ron, Ron Gardenhire. The Reds are still they still need some pitching. Yeah. I'm sorry. They. I mean, they can hit. They can score some runs. Uh, you know, you love their third baseman and uh, their second base may be better than the Braves' second base. It may be more deserving of an All Star berth than the Braves' second baseman, who I love. Oh, uh, sure. Votto is Votto. You know, they. they you gotta have, you gotta give some love to the good people of Cincinnati that they can have maybe, or maybe, maybe I'm way off. They can have some hope that if a couple of good pitching prospects play out and they can land maybe a, a really solid starter, that they could be in contention in less than five years. <laughs> well, you know, they don't you know if you're in Cincinnati, you're hoping the Dark Knight returns to what he was once. Right, right. Yeah. Who you know has fallen off of my radar screen yeah. so uh much to his chagrin i'm sure yeah um out there in the west you know we we, we kind of buried the dodgers on our last podcast or we're ready to and they're back they uh they put the fear of god in, in the opposing starting pitching the they do uh the snakes to me look to i mean they had that awful streak you know when goldschmidt couldn't find water swinging from a boat uh yet they're back playing out. And Shelby Miller gets his first start with them today. Oh boy, uh, really? Yeah, oh, I forgot uh, to set my DVR. Well, he's been pitching great, and his come, you know, after Tommy John stuff, his rehab stuff has been, he's been really dominating. I like to see him pitch well. Uh, the Snakes look to me to be the strongest team out there. Uh, however, you've got essentially four teams that. Are, you know that are like on the buyer side that are still like hoping uh, things are going to turn around for them. The Padres not so much, but they have uh, certainly shown some life in this year. Uh, yeah, and the Padres. We talked just real quick. We talked before the 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 podcast that they may be buyers or they may hold on to their chips for a change. They yes, they have uh, they have the chips that everybody looks for in the. Uh, you know, during the trade deadline, everybody's looking for relievers, and they have a solid bullpen to trade, just like the Orioles. But 
Uh, we'll see. Yeah. Um, Certainly, though, what at this stage in the game, uh, you have, what, 10 National League teams that are still playing to win, whereas – and there are only five that are not. Right. And, and that's better than it has been in recent years. Right. And you think – the pirates are have i mean they're they're on a, a really bad losing streak right now but the way they've played to this point is a, is winning baseball you know right. the, the the team has not accepted what the front office has decreed that they're you know in rebuilding mode you know you can say that certainly well, certainly the marlins uh the reds um the and padres they, and uh well, Marlins, Marlins, Marlins yeah. we got Marlins and Reds for sure. The Padres, who am I leaving out in the West? Because uh, we're not leaving out anybody. But I have the Rockies, the Giants, the Dodgers, and the, Giants. the Snakes. That's right. The Giants playing, are in it too. They're all playing to win. And that's actually that's I, four teams in that division. Yeah, and it's the Giants are a surprise. Right, <laughs> we, we did not expect this from them. But you can almost say that it's it's eleven of the fifteen National League teams that are in it. Who are you? You including still, the Pirates? I'm including the Pirates, and I uh, see. I, 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 I don't believe it when you trade away a Garrett Cole and a McCutcheon. But they're the, the, by virtue. They played of, well for what they have the first half of the season. Yeah, and by virtue of you know <laughs> the Cleveland Indians of Major League, you know the players may believe in themselves right. enough to stay to stay competitive. But um, yeah, I mean even. You know, San Diego, oddly, though, they're in the basement. Things are promising. Under, they can... Things are promising for them. Things are promising for the Reds. There are reasons to go to the ballpark in Cincinnati. There are reasons to go to the ballpark in San Diego. And there's still reasons to go to the ballpark in Pittsburgh. There aren't in uh, Flushing. Uh, <laughs> and uh, there really aren't reasons to go. What was the other team that, uh, in Miami? Right. There really have been. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's putting it mildly, you know, we skipped over the net, the, uh, the Mets, uh, in talking about the NL East, what do you make of their cat- catastrophic fall from, uh, early season success? They were the darlings out of the gate. What they, a mess. They, what a mess. Uh, I mean, they yeah. invested financially just like their fan base wanted them to in an outfielder who's never on the field. Yeah. You know, who's injured all the time from one injury to the next, uh, who seems to be more uh, involved with things other than baseball, you know, uh, or seems doesn't seem to have baseball as the, the number one thing on his mind. Uh, that may be unfair. What what is said? The the Mets have been a disaster uh, when they can't they can't score runs. Uh, I mean. They have streaky ball players as it is that you know their fan base wanted them to go out and get Jay Bruce, and Jay Bruce is a streaky ball player. He's a Daryl Evans. Uh, <laughs> the uh, his, um, but the pitching, uh, Syndergaard can't stay on the field. Uh, the uh, they need to they need some when they're what, what's their third baseman uh, Reyes? You know how old is he now? Uh, oh, the, yeah, right? right. How is he still? How is he still on the team? Well, because they got nobody better, and their farm <laughs> system is just is gone. They have nobody in their farm. I mean, they're an organization that's in a mess, and they need to trade some of the the chips that they have. The chips that they have are on the mound. Uh, you know, they could get a king's ransom for uh, for Degrom. Uh, they could trade Degrom. To somebody like the Indians, this is—I've seen this before. The Grom and Kluber are both from Stetson. You have the two Stetson boys together. Uh, <laughs> That's and, a great nickname for the duo. Yeah. Oh, I'm a little ahead of myself, but the yeah. the Indians have all of those chips to give away for somebody like that, and this could like the Indians are going to be playing one of the big boys eventually here. I mean, there's there's. You know, sidestepping into the playoffs. I mean, they you know nobody's going to challenge them. Right. Uh, the Yankees and the Red Sox are going to be going against each other all year round. The Astros are going to get one of those two, uh, and so the Indians are going to get one of them too somehow or another. And so uh, they're going to be playing some of the big boys. You you start off with 
uh, Kluber and DeGrom as your first two pitchers? I'll, I'll go to battle with that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, but I don't think the Mets are going to trade him. Syndergaard, you, you'd have you'd be real careful what you give up for somebody who has never played a season. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, when he's on, he's the greatest there is. <laughs> yeah. Arguably. Right. The movement on his slider, the fact that his fastball is 100, but his changeup is 90. The, when he's on, though, he's Thor. From the Marvel comic books, he really is. But yeah. Thor spent most of his time as a limping doctor. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come back around to more trade deadline predictions, but let, let's just go to the American League because where the National League has all this competition and intrigue, the American League is just feels like it's set. Uh, let's start in the AL East. Is the Yankees and the Red Sox are playing incredible baseball, something that you pointed out, and that's. A good thing. For baseball, yeah. Yeah, it sucks for the fact that they're shoved <laughs> in our face every single national broadcast, seemingly. Yes, and uh, I I don't like the fact... I think this is going to hurt the Braves. Really? I, yeah. The, I mean, the Braves, they're, we're playing our interleague this year against the AL East. Yeah. Uh, so and look at how we did against the Orioles. <laughs> right. Uh, so we're playing the Yankees and the uh, you know all these teams. Uh, we have not played very well against. Whereas other teams that are going to be up for a wild card berth, if you're in the the central teams, uh, the Cardinals, for instance, will be playing against the Royals, and <laughs> <laughs> you know uh, twice. Right. So I mean, it, it hurts the Braves. Yeah, it does, and it hurts you know everyone else in that division of the AL East. You, right. You have to wonder. Like let's let's look at the O's for a second. Who all? I mean, is it a foregone conclusion? Machado's off this team of the trade deadline. No, he no, has to be. no, no. It's not. No, because okay. how is how is he still on this team? Because Angelos has done some weird things in the past and yeah, uh, okay. doesn't I'll like getting that. rid of his players. Yeah, he likes to and overpay them. Right, right. If Machado is traded which is 98% probable. Well, I, would, well, I, I think it's yeah. probable. I'm not going to say 98. Where does he go? Oh, who knows? Uh, the uh, I'll say the Diamondbacks. That's a good call. That's you a know, good call. Uh, you know, But I don't know if the Diamondbacks have enough to give up for them. I, I don't know their farm system that well. Uh, the, uh, but, I mean, the, the Orioles need to trade a bunch of people. You know, there's Britain no, and you know, uh, was Brack, you know, all, all of those relievers that are so good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and Adam Jones is a, free, is a free agent next year. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, uh, he's having a quiet because the O's are in the worst team in baseball, but Jones is having a great year. Yeah. He did just buy, I heard, uh, Cal Ripken's old, a state with a baseball <laughs> field, basketball court, and you know, several swimming pools and all this stuff right outside Baltimore, leading the fan base to believe that he really wants to stay. Yeah. Well, I mean, I didn't think the Orioles would be this bad. No, I didn't think they'd be this bad either. I thought they would yeah. it hit some home runs. Yeah. And when you're paying a guy $180 million to hit home runs and he doesn't do that. Nor, you have to bench him for 10 days. Yeah. That's... There's there's big trouble in little Baltimore. Let's go. I don't want to talk about the Orioles anymore. They're depressing. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> sorry it hurts your feelings. It does. The Orioles do hurt my feelings. I used to like them. Yeah, they are a flagship baseball franchise. I've liked them as well, so I hope they get better. Um, yeah, well, and then in the Central, like you like you just said, the Indians appear to finally be walking away with it. What else is there to say about the AL Central except the Tigers have been a nice surprise? They have. Been. Oh, it's the Twins. I'm sorry. The That's Twins the, have been a failure. Of our uh, of our the things that shock us about this this uh, baseball up to this point, the Twins' failure is arguably the most shocking. We thought they could host the wild card game. They weren't going to beat the Indians. But no, no. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we did. It, it was very possible for them to be doing a lot better than they are. They looked uh, looked formidable in the spring. Yeah. The AL West, you know, it was compelling for a minute, and now the Astros are just running away with it. Which was inevitable. Right. They are so good. They're the best team in baseball. 
Yeah, the, I, I mean abs- I, rotation I mean, and the lineup. Right. Uh, uh, the uh, and their bullpen's a lot better. It's hard to think what uh, they would want approaching the trade deadline, but they are certainly in position to get what they want. They they're actually probably ready to sell a few people like Gaddis and stuff like this. You know, that's interesting. How many times in in baseball history has a contending team sold at the deadline? No, all the time. Yeah. All the time. The Yankees did this with Kansas City, giving up Norm Seaburn for Bob Serve and uh, Roger Maris. Uh, you know, doing this uh, at the trade deadline because we're going to give you a good ball player. You know, the, the Yankees did that for decades. Yeah. <laughs> the Cardinals in 2004. Cardinals have done it, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, and you know how much we love both of those franchises. Yeah. Um, well, then... The one thing about the AL West is that this Mariners team has been a wonderful surprise in spite of themselves, really. Right, right. Uh, they're doing it without King Felix. Uh, the uh, I th- And <laughs> that their supposed best player is suspended. And, and for that, that would be nice to see uh, them make the playoffs and Cano couldn't play. You know, because <laughs> uh, yeah. I uh, bet you they play him when he comes back. Um, they have to. Yeah. As much money as they're paying them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you're right. Uh, right now, I think they and the Angels are, you know, the two teams that are vying for that other wild card spot more than anybody else. You know. Right. I don't believe the Tigers are going to be there fighting for it. I, I think the Tigers are likely to trade their best pitcher. You know. I don't know. You're talking about Fulmer here? Yes, yeah. Ah, he's so young. He's such a he's uh, such a, a, a touted prospect. They don't have much to trade. Well, yeah, and then by that metric, it doesn't seem like they'll be good for a few years. So no, I don't think they'll be good for a few years. <laughs> yeah. So why not trade him? I okay. I, I I can see that. I can see that. Um, talk about not having much reason to go to a ballpark, <laughs> yeah. even though Detroit has one of the better ballparks in the AL West, though. Don't look now, but here come the athletics. Athletics have, they've certainly played above, what, what if they hit a home run every game? Uh, is it 24 straight games on the road or something? 25. Like 25, yeah. Set a modern uh, record. Right. They're, uh, you know, um, I, they're, again, one of those teams, I'll believe it when I see it, you know. Yeah. And, and I'm living the dream here in Atlanta right now, you know. <laughs> uh, the, uh, so, you know, I, I shoot, if they were in the playoffs, I'd love it. I'd like to see they and the Mariners, but, you know, we're going to see the Yankees at the Red Sox, one of them. Oh, yeah. Look, Oakland has great fans. They have great fan base. I mean, obviously, that stadium is a nightmare in this day and age, and it always looks empty. Close friend of mine, great friend of the show, Kate Furtard. I was joking with Kate, like, you should hang a banner that they're above 500 at well, this I'll, point. I'll tell you something. You know, you talk about the Coliseum and what how awful it is, and it, it affects the game in so many ways. They have so much foul territory that a pitcher that pitches for foul balls, they're, you know, Don Sutton made a career off this, getting people to pop up on foul balls. Uh, you, I mean... Compare that to Atlanta, where it's going in play. There's no foul territory. You hit the ball, it's in play, you know, uh, or it's in the seats. Uh, nobody's making a play on a foul ball. Uh, and that changes the game so much. But as a fan, you, I went to so many games in old Atlanta, Fulton County Stadium, when the stadium authority ran everything, and there were weeds growing up the back of the outfield wall, and you know the food was rat infested, and it was uh, <laughs> just an uh, just an awful ballpark, a minor league park. But I still, as a kid, I'm going, I'm loving, I'm seeing baseball, you know, and I'm sure the fans in Oakland, they may the Coliseum may bite, but. Uh, they're still seeing baseball. There's still there's no reason they're not fans. You know, a ball park is not going to make you a fan. A yeah. ball team makes you a fan. And yeah. The game itself makes you a fan, but not the ballpark. You may really like another ballpark, but you know, uh, we don't have Chavez Ravine in every city, right? No, that's... or Fenway or Wrigley or you know or wherever you want to say. Right. No, that's fair. Here's the thing, though: if a team is playing poorly. A attractive ballpark will bring in more general attendance. 
and you know, for the A's who feel like they can't ever compete and the money ball and this and that, and I know a lot of that's self-inflicted, but you know, in this day, a lot, lot of it has to do with their TV and radio contracts, which are pretty much dictated by the giants. You know, they, <laughs> they're under a, a weird, uh, formula that's very difficult for them that other teams don't have. Right. And that all brings us back to two games over 500 yeah. for a team that we thought would lose like close to a hundred games, right. if yeah. not more than go so, A's go. <laughs> we love you, Oakland. Um, but the Angels, here again, we are seeing the Angels effectively waste another season, historic season of a historic ball player in Mr. Trout. What do we do? How, how can we help the Angels? What do we do here? We have to see Mike Trout play meaningful baseball in September. It's very important that this happens. Yeah. I mean, they went out and made the biggest splash in the off season trying to help them out. Yeah. Uh, they need pitching. Uh, their, their hitting is fine. They, you know, you're talking about the historic season of Mike Trout. The last player to have that kind of historic beginning to his career is Albert Pujols, who's still there, you know, with 3000 hits, you know, and, uh, he, can barely walk, but uh, you know <laughs> he, he still hits the ball. Simba has suddenly been the hitter that everybody wanted him to be. He's having a great year, uh, and is still the best fielding shortstop in the game. Uh, I mean, they absolutely uh, what a they have a a good ball team. Uh, they just don't have any pitching. Yeah, and it, it could just be uh, you know a, a jinx type of a thing because they. They bring in, they go out and try and get good pitching, you know, and they just they can't keep them on the field. Well, that's true. I feel like uh, Garrett Richards has been, you know, with the DL asterisk next to his name for the last three or four seasons. An organization that never has something generally has organizational problems with that. Uh, it wasn't until the Braves started putting an emphasis on pitching that they ever had any pitching. They, they relied on knuckleballers for, (laughs) for, and, and admittedly one of them being the best that ever played the game, you know, uh, but they really didn't, pitching was not an emphasis. They, they produced outfielders, you know, uh, yes, they did. But uh, you have to have, Ultimately, is something wrong with the organization? Now, uh, I don't think it's Mike Sosha. I think there are very few managers that probably handle pitchers better. But I, you know, well, but I mean, you're right, Mike Trout. Uh, we we need to see him in the postseason, but it doesn't seem to be immediately in the horizon. Yeah. All right. Going first to third, such as it is. Talking All Star Game, which is coming up, and then the trade deadline, which is coming up with the All Star team. You believe that Adrian Beltre. Uh, should be automatic and that there should be uh, like veteran automatic all-stars. We've had that in the past. Uh, There were like captains added to the team or something. I know that Ripken was one. I don't remember who uh, the guy was in the National League. And and I really have no problem with that. As long as the all-star game is not determining, you know, when a franchise is able to move or something, uh, (laughs) the... Uh, I think it's the, it remains a fans game that fans vote on the players and uh, you want if there is a sure thing first timer Hall of Famer that's at the end of his career he should be in the game. Uh, there are never that many of them. Uh, I I think um, there were times down the stretch of their careers where I think Aaron and Mays and Musial and these people, uh, there may have been an outfielder that was more deserving than one of them in uh, several of the years they played. I mean, they were like in 20s, all of them, you know, were in 20-some yeah. all-star games. Uh, so, but the fans want to see them, you know? Uh, and so, and somebody like Adrian Beltre, who is going to be a sure thing, first timer hall of famer, uh, he should be on the all-star team. And the same thing is true about pools. I've never been a fan, but I, uh, pool holes has had that kind of career. Yeah. I mean, 3000 hits, 600 home runs. Right. Right. Aren't a lot. 
those are yeah that earned you a hall of fame first ballad i i would love to see uh ichiro somehow some way but I, he's basically you're not playing no yeah if if he were still pinch hitting you know like once a week or something yes i think ichiro would be one now uh, this this movement to have him in the home run derby which none other than mr mr washington himself bryce harper's he said he 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 would what did Harper say? He said he's he'll be in the all he'll be in the home run contest if he makes the All Star team. Right, but didn't he and Judge say they want Ichiro in it? Um, maybe so. I, I know there were a couple of people saying you know, right. that they did. And I love for I have no problem with that. It's a yeah. home run hitting contest. You know? Yeah, I don't care if you bring up somebody from a single A ball team who can't hit anything but a lobbed in pitch, but he can hit <laughs> that pitch. You know. Yeah, beer league style, five hundred right. feet. Right. Sure. Well, I mean, is there any intrigue to the all-star selections anymore? I mean, we're excited. This we, The excitement no. changes because, like, Freddie Freeman is the overall leading vote-getter right now, and how deserved, of course. Right. You, you always like to see your players get into the all-star game. Uh, the One of the things that disturbs me with the all-star team now is that there are 50 people on it. I don't know how many people are on the All-Star team. I think it's up to 32. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they And then there'll be something like, okay, you can vote for one more person in each league, you know? Right, <laughs> so right. They, and they, uh, it ends up just, it, the game itself is not compelling because it's about a seven-hour game uh, <laughs> with all the changes and everything that go on. Uh, I... Um, yeah, it's it's come a long way from when Ted Williams hits a home run in the tenth inning to win a game, uh, that he's been in the entire game because they're looking at the proceeds, you know, because it made a difference in their salaries, you know, uh, the people. Uh, I, I remember, and I don't remember who the player was, so I don't want to say who I think it was because it's really condemning, but. Uh, was gone before the third inning of the game had left the he came out in the second inning and uh had showered and left the ballpark uh before the third inning was over and this was like scandalous you know and right uh but that happens all the time now yeah oh yeah i mean they 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 did manage to curb that with the whole all-star game counts and decides the home field in the world series but that was just ridiculous. Sure. I, I think that was more of an atrocity than the fact that, yeah, Bonds was all cleaned up and had his headphones on ready to, <laughs> ready mm-hmm. to go out at, out on the town at the third inning. Um, I, I don't have any thoughts on the, the, the All-Star game anymore to this point other than, you know, I like the home run derby almost more than the game. Since no, they changed the home run derby and made it, you know, on the clock and all that stuff, it's like exciting again. The uh, I I'll never forget the home run derby in Atlanta where Sammy Sosa and uh, Mark McGuire were using just these. Not only were they just juiced up to the max, they both were <laughs> using these corked bats and hitting balls ten thousand feet. You know, it was just I was absurd. at that. It's just absurd. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the home run derby doesn't mean much to me. The what I I think of the all star game. It's uh, that's a game that is for kids. Yeah. I I think the main thing they should do with the all star game is play it on a Saturday and make play it during the daytime where kids can watch the game. Yeah. I mean, start it at four o'clock if you want, so it'll run through prime time because it'll be it'll be eleven before it's over. <laughs> Um, all right, well, so then more compelling than the All-Star game uh, and the selection process. Um, well, uh, and, you know, I'm going to slow my roll here. Who do you think starts the All-Star game? Who are your starting pitchers? Well, it's going to depend on when they last pitched. Okay. You know, uh, so, you know, if Scherzer pitches uh, two right. days before the uh, thing. Give, give, me, right. give me, like, your Who top do- two or three most deserving Uh to be named the starter regardless of if they're actually going to do it. Okay. In the National League, uh, Scherzer, uh, let me think. DeGrom. DeGrom, yes. Uh, and I think those are – and then maybe Nola, you know, gets uh, – Well, you know, keeping it all in the in the East. Well, I mean, that's where the best pitching has been. Uh, no love the, for Kershaw? 
<laughs> you got to be on the field. Yep. Uh, nor mad bum either. Uh, <laughs> the uh, in the American League, I think quietly Sale has been the best. Pick. I mean, Kluber right. and, and what's his name in uh, through the no hitter for uh, Oh Paxton. Yeah. yeah, Paxton certainly needs to be looked at. Uh, Although Paxton, I will say, as much as I am a fan of him, especially. I mean, I I was, you know, following him last year, having the surprise Cy Young right. candidacy. His ERA, his, he's given up more runs now. Right, I know. I know. More alarming there, but still, yeah. Uh, I mean the the American League is a lot more up for grabs, uh, but Verlander, yeah, you know, certainly Verlander and Cole both. Uh, I think Verlander may be the Cy Young of the American League right now. Right. Uh, but well, it's hard to say. Kluber is right there too. Kluber doesn't, you know. Kluber's like a modern day Maddox. I mean, I but I think as long as it's in Washington, if Scherzer is, uh, if they they're liable to manipulate the lineup to make certain he can pitch, and you know he wants to. Yeah, that's the best thing about him is just yeah. how how ferocious a competitor he is. However, he may not want to delay a start. He may want to say, "I can still pitch, even though yeah. I pitched two days ago." Right. Right. So. Trade deadline. We've talked a lot just uh, off mic about all the different trade possibilities, but I think the most interesting one is what we've already talked about, who the Indians might go get. Because the Indians, they're truly, however you want to characterize it, they're waltzing away with the division. They're sidestepping away with it. But they have to win it now, right? Right, right. That's that's the thing. This is uh, Their window is closing quickly, as many people have said. Um, so I, I would not doubt, I would not uh, think, I mean, considering how long it's been since they've actually won a world series, uh, the, they may really make the biggest splash of all. They may go get a Manny Machado. You know, they may go get a Jacob deGrom. They may go get, um, any of the most, the biggest pieces out there. With Jacob deGrom, uh, on the Indians, you're pulling the potential NL Cy Young over to the same team with the AL Cy Young. Right. So that that's that's that'll that'll work. Yep. Um, what relievers? Uh, you say Britain is is Britain the the most attractive reliever that oh, could I don't move? Think so. No, I don't think so. I think uh, what's it? hand uh, for San Diego is. Yeah. Although I think he's more valuable for San Diego because he can pitch at different times of the ball game. Uh, and pitch two innings and stuff, and he's uh, better for a. Uh, you know, he's not a dominating closer. He doesn't strike out. Uh, he's blown like seven saves or so, uh, but playing for the Padres, uh, right now. And Padres have several good relievers, as we've seen when they've had these reliever games because they don't have any starters. You know, uh, the uh, where they throw five relievers that are scheduled in a game. Uh, the uh, I think. Uh, we Britain a year ago would have been the most valuable uh, relief pitcher, but we they just threw him back to back games here in Atlanta for the first time, just to kind of like showcase him a little bit uh, to see if he can throw back to back <laughs> games. Uh, the uh, was Brack, you know, uh, isn't that that uh, the guy's been their reliever? I think he is a uh, Darren O'Day as well. I think yeah, uh, yeah. and the uh, now the Nats just went out and got. Herrera, which may be you know as big a reliever as anybody, but yeah. Well, and how did that Britain showcase work out for him? Well, yeah, yeah. Um, is this the year that the uh, um, that the A's? I, I mean, I'm sorry, forgive me. Is this the year that the Rays finally part ways with um, Chris Archer? Uh, it is more likely because there's one year less control. Yeah. And then, I mean, their whole team could essentially move, and yet they're not playing bad baseball. They're not. They're not going to get to the All Star game. I mean, they're not going to get a wild card berth, though. No, I, it's hard to say. Uh, they have to move the Yankees to a different division or something. Well, they, they have to play the Yankees and the Red Sox, you know, as much as anybody. Yeah, <laughs> you know? right. I mean, yeah, no, it's this is very daunting once more to be an AL East team not in. Right. Boston or New York. Um, we talked about the Mets already too, but it, uh, of those two pitchers, do you think it's 
likely that they move either one of them. No, I think it's more likely that they move somebody like Matt's. Yeah, or Wheeler. Or Wheeler. But you're not going to get anything for Wheeler because he's the forever can't stay on the field. How about the Braves then? Or, or, or who am I? Who am I not thinking about? But in the American, are, are, in, in, if we're talking in NL East, I think uh, the Phillies are going to be active. They are. They have. They've already put in chips this year. They went out and got Arietta. They're saying we're we're trying to win now. They really need a bullpen. Their bullpen is killing them. Uh, and I think of all the uh, relief pitchers we just mentioned, I think the Phillies are really on board. The Phillies also have a whole lot of money and they may be one of the ones that are going after Machado. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I just think that's a possibility. I think uh, what I'd like to see the Braves do, has, there hasn't been any talk about it, but I want to see them go out and get Josh Donaldson. He's at the end of his you know, contracts. We wouldn't have to pay as much as you would for uh, Machado right, or something, right. you know, uh, because he's not having a great year. He's been banged up a little bit. But if we're going to gamble on somebody that could be a real impact on our team, and the Braves need a third baseman. There's uh, uh, Camargo can pick it at third, but he's been too inconsistent at the plate. Uh, we could use a rental because uh, we're what's his name in Gwinnett? Austin Riley. Yeah, yeah. Austin Riley seems That's who I'm to be, thinking of. Uh, they he seems to be the future to them, so maybe they go out and get a Mustakas as well, uh, who's a, a one year contract. But I Donaldson to me would be an exciting pickup for the Braves. Oh, yeah, I mean, the Braves do something pull off something like that, and it's we're in it to win it now. That ceiling moves up a few levels, right? Right, and they and the Braves need uh bullpen help as well, as do so many teams, sure, yeah. Um, it's it, it's it's fascinating how the way the standings are right now that this might be the most interesting thing to talk about with the American League is not who's going to make a move to to contend you know that's on the cusp but who's going to make a move to drop a nuclear bomb on the rest of the league right right and the and the exact uh, reverse in the in the National League you, you will probably see higher multitude of trades in the National League teams just wanting to to get in. Oh, well, you there certainly appear to be more buyers in the National League right. than there, there you are go. in the American League. Uh, but it takes two people to make a trade. Uh, right. But in the American League, it's like, don't call me unless you're if you're a contending AL team, you're you're a, a Houston, a, a Cleveland. It's like, don't call me unless it's about DeGrom. You know, right, I don't right. want to hear about your uh, <laughs> Julio Tehran. Right, right. Who did have a no-hitter into the sixth inning. There's something on the positive for... I don't <laughs> want to talk about Julio. <laughs> brave veteran Julio Duran. I don't want to talk about Julio. All right. Uh, the uh, other people that I, I think it is... I think Cole Hamels will get traded. People aren't talking about him. Uh, oh, I'll tell you. I think Brian Dozier could be traded sure. from the Twins. Uh, Do you think it's possible that Cole Hamels goes west as opposed to east? Could he be a Dodger... Uh, oh, oh, certainly. Yeah. Cole Hamels could go anywhere, but uh, Cole, you know what would be an interesting thing? Cole Hamels could go back to Philadelphia. Yeah, that would be. Now we're getting into basketball territory, right? Well, and I'll tell you somebody else that sadly might move is Chris Davis, the Chris Davis for the A's, uh, with a K, Chris yeah, with a K, right, right, uh, because not he, crash and burn Davis, <laughs> no, no, with the Orioles, but uh, the. A's are likely to use this. I mean, they, they've done this sort of thing before. We've already mentioned Donaldson, you know. Oh, right. Although he was in off season, but yeah. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. All right. Look, speaking of deadline trades, what's the worst deadline trade of all time? Of all time? Mm-hmm. All right. I put- and, and that said, trade deadline trades weren't made until, uh, except by the Yankees, for uh, <laughs> until really like in the 70s and stuff yeah and it's it's it it feels just like a more recent you know phenomenon that i mean i think the worst all time is still lou brock you know certainly always gonna be in the conversation right because of the amount of years that the cardinals got from lou brock but i'll tell you on okay on a personal level i think if you if you look at the trade when it happened and certainly the years that followed 2004 J.D. Drew for Adam Wainwright. And, like, the Braves, what were they thinking? 
was JD Drew gonna gonna take them from winning? They they were already gonna win that division in 04. So what was JD Drew gonna do for them that they didn't already have? Well, uh, what was the thing? And remember, Beltran was <laughs> was out there it, during that trade deadline. It was a bad trade. They thought the Braves thought that they would hold on to JD Drew and had. And from what I understand, that he had given them some indication that uh, that he was going to sign back with the Braves. This is, you know, the Teixeira trade was another one in the same era that did. Oh man, uh, that had almost equally devastating effects. Wainwright goes on. I mean, he really was kind of an afterthought, though, in that trade. He was not the main man. The backup catcher was. Uh, but regardless, uh, you know, that certainly. Uh, a, a terrible trade. Now you mentioned Lou Brock for uh, Ernie Brolio, but Larry Anderson for Jeff Bagwell. Right, uh, this is your favorite. <laughs> well, not worst my favorite. Trade of all I mean, time. I, I, Larry Anderson was a middle reliever and didn't help him at all. Uh, you know, <laughs> it was, and they gave up the entire career of a Hall of Famer, a 22-year career, I think. Something you know, just. Uh, We've seen Bagwell, you know, from beginning to end. He was whether he was juiced or not, whether he was a stud. Uh, oh yeah, rookie the, of the year, the, right? Uh, and MVP. Yeah, Bag- not in the same year, but Brock he- was a great Hall of Fame player. But Brock was not somebody that would take you to the pennant. Right. Yeah. Bagwell was. Right. Yeah. No, Brock was, uh, you know, made an already menacing team. That much more. I mean, in the 68 World right. Series, 67, 68, he's the most scary hitter that comes up sure. to the plate. But Jeff Bagwell for a middle reliever is pathetic. <laughs> right. Uh, I'll tell you another one. The uh, who, uh, Glenn Davis for uh, Pete Harnish, uh, serviceable, somewhat strange pitcher, uh, Steve Finley, an all-star center fielder, and uh, a young Kurt Schilling. Who was pretty good? Yeah, yeah. He turned out to he and he won some significant ball games in his career. The uh, Davis was awful. I forget who are the two the teams Astros in? and the Orioles. Astros and the Orioles for that. Yeah, yeah the Orioles wow. gave up all that stuff for Glenn Davis. Just like they gave up a fortune, really, when the Braves traded them Earl Williams, uh, and where they got Johnny Oates, Pat Dobson, Milt Pappas, uh, Rorick Harrison. Uh, they just got a train load of players for Earl Williams who was awful yeah that JD Drew trade sticks out you know because of the fact that he didn't stay with the team but the fact that Beltran what he went on to do in the in the in the playoffs that year and consider that the Cardinals went to the World Series and then they oh yeah and then it was like and then the next year they almost go to the World Series and you know the Astros were right there and then (laughs) It's still got Adam Wainwright for his entire career. Now, again, Wainwright was a top prospect who had kind of fallen in ill favor with with the Braves by 2004. And, you know, so there's that. That worked well for him. Yeah, it worked out great. All right, well, well, then what is the best deadline deal? And again, I, I don't well, know. No, the, the best is if you're looking at it from the other from side. From the other side, you know, yeah. I mean, uh, if you're in St. Louis, you're saying Lou Brock was the best trade ever. You know, uh, right? You're not saying that if you're in the uh, in Chicago. Uh, I'll tell you. I mean, of course, we're going to be personally involved with the Doyle Alexander for John Smoltz trade yes, forever. Absolutely, that's, uh, and that's well documented. We don't need to say anything else about it. The Tigers, you don't fault them for trying to win the pennant. Uh, no, you know, and uh, I mean, Smoltz was really young at that time. Um, yeah. So you almost you almost have to to quantify this debate by its two contending teams trading with each other because I think the Verlander trade last year may be the greatest deadline uh, acquisition of and and wasn't it actually after? Didn't no, it was like one minute before the deadline. One minute was before, over. yeah. yeah. Um, you know, Verlander is what brings them the World Series. Right, yes. And, and that said, the Yankees were doing that sort of thing for years, for years. <laughs> you know, Enos Slaughter, people like this coming back, you know, going out and getting veterans, uh, finding people down the stretch. I mean, look what the Braves do with Fred McGriff. You know, uh, the uh, it is, uh, there have been a lot of pennants won by the acquisition of people down the stretch. Right. Uh 
and Jack Morris was became the modern day David Cohn uh, at the end of his career. Uh, you know, going well. David Cohn was the modern day Jack Morris then, because <laughs> Jack Morris proceeds, right? No, I thought they were kind of right there. At the yeah, same they are very close. Uh, the, yeah, uh, I don't know who. who I'll who tell has you. That I'll title. tell you another trade, uh, a deadline trade that was go to. I mean, if you're in these two. Uh, if you're in Seattle, and Randy Johnson's been involved with a lot of trades that were like really lopsided. Yeah. Uh, when they first, uh, when Montreal got rid of him the first time, they for like a bag of beans or something. <laughs> uh, but trading Derek Lowe and Jason Baratek for Heathcliff Slocum uh, <laughs> was not the best move the Mariners have ever made. No, no, that that proved to uh, to not turn out well for them. Um, my, my point on, uh, uh, you know, you have to look at the teams involved and where they were in the standings. Right. I mean, if you're like last year, you know, the Tigers trading Verlander, that was the right thing for them to do. Sure. I don't sure. know if anyone is going to look back and say, oh, they really lost that trade. It's like, no. They... Well, and I mean, and that's and we're saying that about the Doyle Alexander Johnson. Exactly. Trade. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I don't think it was the wrong thing for the Tigers to do to trade uh, John Smoltz at that time. Right. And who knows? It didn't work out well. No, in the long run. However, I will say that the Red Sox had to know that their number one prospect, their, the person that was almost winning the triple crown for them in triple A at Pawtucket, uh, being traded for a middle reliever, uh, yeah, and the next year, he's an all-star every year from that point on. Right. Uh, that was, you know, uh, that was very poor. We forget how, terrible Red Sox management has been at times. Right, right. You know, I mean, you can make arguments for some of the moves they've made even even in this, you know, two decades of dominance. But, yeah, no, the Red Sox have made some horrible uh, trades. And that may be the worst one. All right. So, coming into home, um, I'm curious about... Well, let me ask you this question. Have you watched much Sunday Night Baseball on ESPN this year? No. No. It's a disaster. It is a true disaster. And this is no offense to the hardworking individuals that put the broadcast together. I I like uh, Jessica Mendoza for sure. Um, Vaskersian is really charismatic to me. And there's A-Rod. But Buster only. I mean, they're great. But the way they're trying to format it now to make it more interesting is is just bizarre there someone pointed out there seems to be more shots of the booth and you know the commentators carrying on with each other than the actual game um i could go on and on what would you do to fix sunday night baseball because this was must see tv like certainly for me growing up like in you know 90s 2000s the sunday night game really mattered I don't think you can fix it. And I, I think uh, the national baseball games uh, are not that important anymore. The contracts that individual teams, the, the money that a team gets for their hometown networks and stuff and the broadcast for this, as long as the network percentage, the, the viewership is so fragmented with uh, just the complete takeover of cable and scanning and uh, all sorts of different streaming, streaming and uh, scan, uh, streaming all, all sorts of different ways of seeing baseball games. Uh, the big national game is not that big anymore. Uh, it's, I, I think, one of the problems they have is that they show the Red Sox and the Yankees too much. Uh, yeah. The uh, but uh, that's what they're viewership is telling them that's what uh the advertising dollars are dictating we want this in in these markets but i i just don't think uh that you can put that much interest in a regular season national game now now if i'm the czar of baseball and i'm able to change things there's no sunday night game because every sunday game is a day game so kids can go to the game uh the uh i the what well, on Sunday night? I want to stay up till one to you know watch right. the Orioles play the Jays. No, <laughs> uh, no, I don't. Uh, you know, I I can 
I could be streaming another team, you know, that I, I'm more likely to want to see. I, you know, uh, am I that compelled that I want to see a Rod? No. Uh, who's, yeah. who's pretty good behind in the booth. Yeah. I, you know, uh, he's always going to be a stiff Brooks brothers shirt, but he's yeah. always going to be a rod, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, uh, but, uh, but that, that's not the problem It's the fact that the availability of baseball games makes the importance of a singular night's game emphasis on something that's happening in June just doesn't, doesn't fly. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's odd, but you know, baseball is its own worst enemy when it comes to diminishing the Sunday night game. Because with the founding of MLB Network in 2009, you have great matchups uh, all day on Tuesday and Thursday. You know, and by the time you reach Sunday, you may be baseballed out. Especially yeah. if you're following your hometown team, like we're doing this year. You know, the Braves are are appointment television right now sure and you're going to be watching six seven games a week i i was livid the other day when the braves had a day game that i was uh dvring and the uh somebody uh when i was at work and somebody told me the score of the game i was uh, you know (laughs) grounds for firing right you are a manager there (laughs) at your day job so but uh, I, you know, okay. So short of getting rid of the Sunday night game, what what could ESPN do? I don't know. I mean, NFL has this problem. There's too many games now, so, right? So that that's what made Monday Night Football no longer special. Exactly. I, I just I don't think as long as you know that we there is this ubiquitous uh, availability of games that I I just don't, you know, I don't think you're going to make it that important anymore. Uh, you could do something really unusual. You could have like a a camera in each dugout completely through the game. Uh, right, that would know, be good. Uh, okay, the, uh, and just film the whole games from the dugouts. You know, uh, of course, you wouldn't see the game very well, but uh, the uh, yeah, or, maybe go to the Madden cam. Yeah, or or, or something. I mean, there, there could be you know some differences like that, but that's just a gimmick. Yeah, the, the game sells itself. It, well, it should. Yeah, yeah, it should. But, you know, without going... Another thing you could do is do something to uh, take... I mean, the pace of play is always... You know, that's hurting baseball in a lot of different ways. It remains uh, a problem. Uh, I don't. Attendance is so down in the American League because uh, more than half the teams are tanking. Uh, yeah. So... Uh, I, that's a problem. I mean, there there are a lot of things that could help the Sunday night game just at, by helping what's wrong with baseball. But you're not the Sunday game is. I I just don't see it as that big a deal. Yeah, unless I mean to make it to make it compelling again, they would have to just flex. You know, the the teams have to be decided like midweek. I grew up with where the game of the week, which was what it was called, was on CBS. That was the only game I saw for yeah. the whole week. And seeing Dizzy Dean and Pee Wee Reese do these games, that was that meant so much to me. You know, I mean yeah. and uh and they showed the Yankees too much. Still, that that's because it was the only game I saw. There yeah. is no does is the Saturday is there a game of the week on Saturdays? I, I think the MLB network probably has one. Fox, yeah, yeah, Fox there, yeah, does. Fox has one. Yeah, that's right. Uh, usually around four o'clock or so. Something right, which uh, feels we, correct. Yes. That feels right. Yeah, uh, well, it was always one o'clock when it was young. I mean, you know, when I was younger, but all games were played in daytime more. Uh, but four o'clock, I agree, is right. Uh, but. That game doesn't mean nearly as much. You know, we don't like it's the game of the week. You know, uh, no. <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, come on over. <laughs> game of the week's on. You're right. You know, so there's just, uh, and I'm not saying there's too much baseball. There's just, there are ways of getting it that you don't get it, you know, that you didn't used to be able to get it. I didn't say that very well. No. You're welcome <laughs> to try again, though. <laughs> baseball is so available now in so many different forms and formats that yeah. uh, you're not going to be able to put emphasis on a regular season game in June. Right, right. Well, maybe if you have an Otani pitching, you have something, you know, there's 
something that's going to draw the outside fan in. Right. And, you know, again, I'll do respect to the, to the fine individuals that are currently in the Sunday night baseball broadcast booth. For me, they'd have to bring in like the Hawk or somebody to, you know, if, 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 if Hawk Harrelson was calling games alongside the play by play guy from Milwaukee, who I really like Anderson, I think Ryan Anderson is his name. That would, I would tune in more to hear that, but I just, I can't listen to these commentators joking back and forth, you know? I think they should bring in uh, teams of dead announcers, have people that <laughs> imitate dead announcers, have, have have Red Barber saying, you know, the ducks are on the pond right, right there, you know, and then bring in Harry Callis, and, you know, or bring in, you know, uh, Ernie Hardwell, you know, yeah. All these people have just imitators of them. Or throw a billion dollars at Vin Scully and see if he'll just, if he'll just make that his only... You know, he calls. Uh, no, no, I'm yeah. sorry, because then, then we would see Vin Scully in decline. Yeah, well, that's true. Um, you could also have it where, uh, you know, yeah, have like Brockmire, <laughs> have have actors who have, you know, if Kevin Costner called a baseball game, I would tune in special sure, for that. Sure, sure, you that, know, that's or, not a bad idea. You could just have, uh, you know, one uh, one guy to make certain that. Things don't get completely blown on the booth, you know. Yeah, have, uh, uh, and uh, yeah, and then have you know uh, rappers one day. Or, you know, <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, yeah, two chains. Yeah, right. No, uh, well, how about this? Like, you know, when because they always they always do like they point out that like John Hamm is a huge Cardinals fan. So how yeah. about do a Sunday night game in St. Louis and John Hamm is the color commentator or Jerry Seinfeld for a Mets game or Aflac for the Red Sox. Right. Yeah. See, okay, there we go. We just fixed it. ESPN. If you're listening, you're welcome. Uh, one of them. I'm no, but I, I think put three of them in the booth, put, you know, uh, put Aflac with Stephen Wright, you know, the, oh, the comedian, man. you know, I would, I would, <laughs> I would hire Stephen who's, Wright. He's a big, you know, wore a Red Sox hat. You know, right. So, uh, yeah. Uh, put the two of them and then have somebody who kind of kept them, kept things. And together. he just stole a base. He'll be in County by the end of the night. <laughs> yeah, right. That's my Stephen Wright impression. Pretty good. Pretty good. Hey, thanks. I try. I try. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's just sad because of how much I looked forward to, Sunday night baseball. If if your team was on Sunday night baseball, that was a big deal. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, all right. Well, there you have it. Um, I can't think of anything else. So we did. Yeah, well, it's a <laughs> doesn't look like doggy, there's gonna be a... dog world, and I'm wearing milk bone <laughs> underwear. <laughs> it's a slippery slope, my friend. Half a dozen of one, six dozen of the other. Well, a thank you as always to everyone listening to the Running the Bases podcast on SoundCloud or on iTunes. You can find all things Running the Bases at our website, runningthebases.com. Like us on Facebook. Uh, Follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at Running the Bases. Leave your comments, your feedback, uh, topics you want us to talk about. Um, and we'll do our best to get them into the show. Uh, Special thanks as always to David Wayngarten, who provides... The lovely intro and outro music uh, for the Running the Basis podcast. His album, The Truth Is, I Don't Know, is available on iTunes and on Amazon. Wherever fine streaming music is available to you. So, for Coach Jordan Bounds, I am Tucker Wells. This is the Running the Basis podcast coming into home in the city of the first place National League East Atlanta Braves. Coach, you have yourself a good night. Good night. Good night.